Well, we're having a good time down in Nashville, Tennessee. I got cowboy boots so I could be like a Nashville person. The rumor is that those little things are because they, um, they plucked the quills out of some sort of ostrich. Is that true? That's true. That's why, because they pulled the feathers out. Any vegans here? I'm sorry. Sorry that they did that so I could have a pair of shoes. But that's, uh, hey, I, 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 I'm my good friend Danny with me. Danny's our youth director down in Nashville, Tennessee. Danny, why don't you stand up and wave to everybody and say hi. Just welcome Danny. Danny's the man. Hey, hey, we've got a little bit of time together, and uh, I want to say this. I know that most of you probably have plans or things after, but I'm going to sort of preach two sermons this morning. I'm going to preach one this morning, and I'm going to preach a different sermon in the next service. Uh, and so if you want to stick around for a double dose of the Holy Ghost, you're welcome to do that. Um, we're going to pack the place out a bit more time in the second service uh, to open up the altar for ministry. And so if you can stick around for that, if not, you can repent later. That's fine. I know lunch is more important than the Word of God. I understand. I understand your schedule. I mean, I'm not trying to guilt you, but I mean, you know, I'm just joking. And if, you, if you'd love to stick around, we'd love to have you. I know that it's going to be an awesome day. I think, uh, let me just pray for us. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you that what you're doing in this community, Lord, I thank you what you're doing on this great distinct border between Washington and Idaho, Lord. I thank you that you are formulating and forging a people that will give you glory and honor, that they would not be afraid of the darkness, but they would take light into the darkness, Lord. I thank you that you're forging this community, God, to have such a significant impact, not just here, but in the regions beyond, across the United States and the world, Lord. I thank you that hearts would be united as we gather around your word this morning as your people to worship you, to hear your words spoken, Lord, and to allow your spirit to manifest and, and transform people this morning, Lord. So we honor you and we praise you in the mighty name of Jesus. If you love him, come on, somebody say amen. amen. Some important news, I have another baby on the way. Come on, somebody. It's going to be my third child. It's going to be another little girl. So that'll put three girls in my household, one, two boys. And so uh, we're excited about that. If anybody met my wife, Savannah, a couple years ago, she came up this way. She's amazing. She sends her love. Hey, if you have your Bibles, you can open them to the book of Matthew. Book of Matthew chapter 6. First verse we're going to look at is verse 33. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. If you don't have your Bible, you can turn to the next to you and borrow theirs. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. This is what it says. It says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. In our church in Nashville, we started out the year uh, breaking down the great passage of scripture commonly known as the Lord's Prayer. And we opened up our year with the, the idea that there's a whole lot of slogans when the new year kicks. And anybody had your new year's resolutions? Anybody ruined those already? Come on, somebody. It's what they're good for. I think the reason for a New Year's resolution is to not do it. And, and, you know, I started keto and gym on the second week of January, and I haven't got back to it yet, so come on. We're, we're all right. We're all right. 
you know, physical exercise, the Bible says it's for some benefit, be trained in righteousness. Amen. And, uh, and, and we looked at this idea, there's a lot of slogans, new year, new me, all these ideas for self-help and self-propelling into our future, but I presented to our community and I present to you this morning, maybe the greatest slogan you could ever have in every new year for the rest of your life or every day for the rest of your life is that I will seek first God's kingdom and God's righteousness and in prioritizing his kingdom and his purposes above my own, I might just fall in line with the word of God and that all these other things that I'm desiring and looking for might just fall into place because we trust that his ways are better than our ways. Amen. Would we be the kind of people that genuinely in all areas of our lives, in our family, in our finances, in our businesses, in our ideas, in our ambitions, in our restoring times, in our vacation and refreshing times, would the priority continually be to seek first God's kingdom, His righteousness, God's plans, His purpose, His will in all that we do, And in doing so, get ourselves in a position that God would be the priority of all that we are and all that we do. And in doing so, I believe you're going to set yourself up and your life up for the most godly, blessed, beneficial life you could ever have that no seven steps to this and three steps to that could ever do. Because when God's the priority, when you have peace with God, friend, you can walk through a living hell and still be okay. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for I know my God is with me. He's wrought on thy staff, they comfort me, and he prepares a table in the presence of my enemies. When God is with you, no matter what's happening around you, you will prosper, because he is greater. Greater is he that lives in me than he who is in the world. I know the world looks dark and I know things look grim. I know there are, there are fear mongers presenting the option of recession. Seek first God's kingdom. Seek first His ways and His righteousness. In your finances, if you're fearful about what's coming, seek first God's kingdom. And when you're in the fear of lack, pour into God's kingdom and see His hand of provision come upon you. He's faithful and He's for us. Amen. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 9, we're going to look at the Lord's Prayer this morning. We're busy in our church working through this Lord's Prayer. I kind of told my church we'd do it in about four weeks, and we're about five weeks in. I still have almost three quarters of it to go. And so we're doing our best to work through the Word of God. But I want to tell you, the Word of God is alive. It's living and it's active. And every time you open it, you can run as deep into as many crevices as you want. And the, the one place that's better than finding rabbit holes that, than YouTube is the Word of God. You know, I know we get on YouTube and we end up all on these different trails and we're figuring out all sorts of things. The Word of God has a million rabbit holes and they're all wonderful. They're all life-giving. Matthew chapter 6, verses 9, it says, In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil. For yours is the kingdom and the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. This is the model prayer that Christ gives his disciples. This is not just a prayer to be recited, but a model of how we can approach the Father, a model in a way to seek first His kingdom and His ways. We don't want to just be caught in religious repetition. We want to be caught having this words, this model of prayer encompass our life and our being as we continue to journey in this thing called life. And this morning, this first service, I want to look at the idea of keeping God as the priority. God is the priority in understanding this phrase, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. In the second service, we're going to look into the phrase, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so this morning, I want us to understand that God is our priority. And we look at this first phrase that says, our father. When we look at this word, O-U-I, it speaks of our father. And it gives this idea of exclusivity. My children, two, soon to be three, I am their father. I am exclusively their father. No one else is their father. And no one else's children are my children. And when we look at this, it speaks of this idea of exclusivity. And what I'm trying to present to you in this climate that we're in, it's important to know that there are people of God and there are people of the devil. There are those who are fathered by God and there are those who are fathered by the devil. We understand that ultimately that God is the father of all creation. We understand he's the creator of the universe, the sustainer of all things. But when it comes to his people, there is this idea of exclusivity that it's our father. Do you know not every human being in the earth is the blessed and favored of the Lord? But his people are the blessed and highly favored of the Lord. It's an exclusive blessing that belongs to the children of God, the image bearers of God. We see in 1 John chapter 3, verse 10, it says, By this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God nor is the one who does not love his brother. The one who does not practice righteousness is not of God, and therefore it's evident that they are fathered by the devil. Righteousness is holiness. It's walking in right standing with God. It's being proactive to live according to God's ways and according to God's word. You know certain lifestyles and activities that you might be bent up in would not be God-honoring or God-glorifying. I want to tell you that's living in unrighteousness. And you were bought with a price by the blood of Jesus. He called you out of darkness and into the light, not so you'd keep one foot in the light and one in the dark, but you'd reject the dark, walk in the light, because His ways are better, friends. 
There are those who are fathered by the devil and those who are fathered by God. John 8, 44, you are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. I know it's a confronting reality, but there are those who are fathered by God and those who are fathered by the devil or 1 Corinthians. I get in trouble in my church all the time because I say 1 Corinthians. That's how Australians do it. You guys say 1 Corinthians. Thank you. Thank you. 1 Corinthians says, You cannot drink of the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and partake of the table of demons. There's an exclusive idea that though we are God's children, our Father. Now, I want you to understand this. I'm not talking about an exclusivity that says no one else is welcome. But there are many who reject the idea of being adopted into the family of God. It's not exclusive in the way of us and them. It's exclusive in the way that we've received the grace and mercy of God and everybody and all people are welcome. And as people walk into your life and then they walk into this church and they walk into the doors of this community, we say, come meet Jesus. He's going to change you from the inside out. Let me tell you, anybody and everybody with every background can walk into the presence and the power of God and they are welcome to come as they are. But let me tell you, when God gets a hold of their life, when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of their life, He's not going to leave them in their sin. He's not going to leave them in their shame. He's going to adopt them into the family of God, graft them in to His family and change them forever. We are open in the way of all are welcome and we are exclusive in the way that there's one way to God the Father and His name is Jesus Christ. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life and none come to the Father but by me. Jesus extends His hand of mercy to everybody and says, if you will take my hand, I will bring you into the family of God. You will be adopted out of darkness and into light and you'll no longer be fathered by that called the devil. You'll no longer dine with demons in unrighteousness, but you can dine at the table of the Lord in holiness and righteousness and healing and breakthrough. There is an exclusivity to being a believer. It's why you can see such a vast disparity in the world around us and the culture around us because it's bowed its knee to the evil one. It's bowed its knee to the culture of the world and there are many mouth-professing Christians dining with demons and drinking the cup of the devil. Friends, it's important to draw a line in the sand doesn't mean we're going to get it right every time. It doesn't mean we're going to never make a mistake. It means we're seeking first God and His kingdom, His plan, His purposes, and His ways for our lives. And we yield and submit to the Word of God, even when it makes us uncomfortable, even when it makes us feel like we don't understand. He's Yahweh. He's Creator. So we yield and submit to the God Almighty. Amen? There's that word, our. And then it's this word, Father. Father gives this idea of intimacy, and compassion, or sympathy, of security, and of authority. I understand not everybody has 
had the privilege of growing up in a household with a good father, maybe not a father at all. Maybe it was a apparent father, but abusive. I understand not everybody has been able to grow up with a, the idea of the word father being positive, but I want to encourage you that there's earthly fathers and unfortunately humanity is sinful and they make, we make mistakes. But we have a father in heaven. He's perfect. We have a Father in heaven who will never let you down. We have a Father in heaven who care and protect you and comfort you. And so when we look at this phrase as an exclusive idea that this is our Father and the idea of Father is that there's a place of intimacy. I have a little girl. She's five years old. I'm a place of intimacy with her. She can come to me. I can caress her on my chest. When she's fearful, she runs to me. When she's afraid, she comes and I care for her. And I'm a broken man who's doing my best, but God is the perfect father. And there's a place of intimacy. We don't need a bunch of fathers being too stoic that they can't be emotionally connected to their wives and their children. We need men who are intimate. God, through Jesus, says you can come boldly into the throne of grace. Father speaks of this idea of intimacy. We don't serve an egotistical God who's just sitting on a throne looking for us to constantly affirm His greatness. He's a God that wants to be involved in our world. He's a God, a Father who wants to be involved in the intimate parts of our lives. He wants to be a part of the joys and the successes. He wants to be a part of the moments of sorrow and hurt because He's a Father who cares for His children. So when we pray, we pray, therefore, like this, God, our Father, we can come to you out of a place of intimacy. He's a God of sympathy or compassion that He cares for us. He sympathizes in our weakness. He knows that life can be rough. He knows that not everything always goes the way that we wish it would. He understands that our flesh can be weak and we error. And He's not angry and mad. He's a God who wants to be intimate. He's a Father who wants to be intimate with you. And He's a Father that sympathizes with your weakness as He came down in the form of Jesus. The Son of God, He was tested and tried and sympathized in our weaknesses, yet without sin. And so He knows what it's like to walk in a broken planet. And so He can walk with us as we walk through this broken planet. Because he's a father who wants to be intimate. He's a father who cares and sympathizes with us. He's a God and a father who gives this idea of security. With God, all things are possible. When you have peace with God, you can walk through a living hell. When you come into the family of God, into the beloved, when you're brought into his bosom, when He brings you out of darkness and into His light, He's going to hold on to His people. There's safety in the arms of God. Maybe you're living in a situation where there's not a lot of safety around you. There are some practical steps you need to take and come and see some leaders and some pastors. But there's also a spiritual step you can take to run into the arms of the Father and let your heart cry out in Him. There is a safe place. 
I'm reminded constantly when Stephen, the first martyr in the Bible, was preaching the word of God to the religious people and they were so angry and they picked up stones and they began to stone him to death. He was so understanding of the security he had with the Father that he dropped to his knees and as he was dying, he says he looked up to heaven and he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing, mimicking the words of our Lord Jesus. But he knew that I'm giving up my life because I'm confident in you and whatever I can do to give to you my life, I'm going to do it, friends. You are secure in the arms of God the Father. And a father... A good father speaks of the idea of authority. The idea of there's an authority figure in a family, in a household to lead, correct and shepherd the family, the children. We know in Proverbs, the scripture says, spare the rod, spoil the child. It's not talking about getting a rod out just for fun. It's talking about correct and have authority in your children's life. We don't want to spoil our children if we raise them according to God's word. The Bible says they will not depart from it. It takes an authority figure to come in in a place of compassion and kindness and intimacy and security to create a place of authority where he can speak into your world and you live sin. you got to find a place within your spirit and your heart and understand that God cares for you. And when you know that someone cares for you, you can submit to the authority over your life. The best way for me to father my daughter and have an authority in her life and be able to correct behavior and issues is for her to know that she has a close place with me that no matter what she does, no matter how wrong she might be, the error she makes, she can always sit on my shoulder and cry. She needs to know that I will be sympathizing with her weakness, that I've not got it all together. I often apologize to my daughter if I respond wrongly. Often. If I don't listen properly, we've taught her she knows it's a safe place and I can correct and sometimes I can correct in a wrong way and she'll come and say, Dad, I didn't like the way you did that. She's five years old. And I'll assess the situation. And if I believe that unfortunately what I did was right, even though you don't like it, then I stand my ground. I say, honey, I understand but this is the way it works. But if I assess my situation and I was like, I responded poorly. I didn't listen appropriately. I will say, honey, I'm so sorry that I spoke to you that way. I'm so sorry. I didn't understand what you were saying. Would you forgive me? And every single time it happens, she goes, I forgive you, dad. It's because she knows I'm a safe place, a place of security. So when my authority has to be exercised, she yields and she submits because she trusts me. You see, what we see here is it says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. God is a Father, but He's also our Lord. This this dynamic, of the father figure of God, but also the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the alpha, the omega, the creator and sustainer of all things and all life, the ultimate judge, 
The one who will judge the living and the dead. This is the God who we have access to as a father. But friend, may we never become so familiar of God our Father that we don't submit and understand that He is Lord. That God's ways are better. And I'm not going to understand every way, but the thing about Him being Lord is we know He's a good Father so that we can trust His Lordship and leadership in our lives. He's been faithful. Every other religion in the world tries to make people work their way all the way to heaven. But God said, I saw my broken people. I saw humanity dead in their sin. And so I'm coming to get them. And He sent His Son, Jesus Christ. He is good. He offered Jesus to save us, heal us, deliver us. We understand we can be intimate with the Father. We understand He sympathizes with our weakness. We understand that the, He has compassion for us, that He's secure cure for us. We understand that He has authority in our life of a Father. And because we know that He's good, we say, Lord, we know that You are good. Therefore, we bow our knee in reverence to the Almighty. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be Your name. The word hallow means to render sacred or to consecrate or to revere or honor as holy, to set apart God our Father in His own category that there is nothing that comes close to who He is. It's where so much of the modern church has gone wrong. We've got so caught up in this word love and we haven't remembered the word holy. We got so caught up in this closeness with God that is forgotten that even when we're close there's a position of authority and leadership where he's Lord and we have to bow in reverence in his presence the thing about God is there are moments we sit on his lap and cry and there are moments we better put our face on the floor because as his presence turns up as his authority turns up in the room yes Lord your ways are better than my ways he is the priority he is the central piece to everything that we have we have a responsibility to honor him to revere him as holy to sit apart like there's no other that compares because there's not it says, hallowed is your name. Set apart, holy is your name. You see, we know we pray in the name of Jesus. But I want to very quickly talk to you about an understanding that there's not a power in the name of Jesus. or Sorry, a name of Jesus. It's power in what that name represents. A king's name would go throughout all the earth. My legacy is Ramsey. The name Ramsey just means wild garlic. But what it can mean is what I carry. My name, hallowed is my name, respected is my name, is a legacy of who I am, what I've accomplished, the reputation that I have. 
And so when we say, hallowed be your name, we're not just talking about J-E-S-U-S. We're talking about hallowed is the name of God and all that that encompasses. It's not the word, it's what the word represents. Hallowed be your name. There are many names of God. Maybe I can get the keyboard player to come. There are many names of God. El Shaddai, the Lord God Almighty. El Elyon, the Most High God. Adonai, Lord and Master. Yahweh, Lord Jehovah. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, my banner. Jehovah Ra, the Lord, my shepherd. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there. El Olam, the everlasting God. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace. Jehovah Sabbath, the Lord of hosts. This is the name. Hallowed, set apart, holy, honored, and revered is your name, God. Your name is Jehovah, the one who provides, the one who heals, the one who redeems, the one who restores, the one who is Lord. Friends, we have to remember the priority of our life is number one, the worship of God. Our first and foremost responsibility as believers is not to heal the sick. It's not to make disciples. It's not to hold revival meetings. The number one priority of Christians is the worship and the honor of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God and the Savior of the world. And everything else is what we get to be a part of because we honor Him and we prioritize His ways. We then listen and obey His words, His commands and His commissions. Even if we don't like it, we yield because He's the Lord of Lords. He's the King of Kings famous revival scripture if my people would humble themselves and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways I will heal their land what does it sound like seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness and everything else will be added to you I want to move a God to sweep this nation I want to move a God in my church. I want to move a God in the world. I want the waves of His Spirit to roar out sin and to heal the sick and deliver demons. But I'm going to get it by prioritizing King Jesus as Lord of my life, Lord of my family, Lord of my business, Lord of my children and my workplace and my school. If my people would humble themselves and seek my faith, He's looking for a people who are sold out to worship, to honor, to revere our Father in heaven. Set apart is your name. The name Yahweh. 
the name of Jesus, the only name that can save, the only name that can deliver, the only name that can heal. We've got to get our priorities straight. First and foremost, the worship of God, the two greatest commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul. Then love your neighbor as yourself. There's a practical aspect of living in obedience to the Lord, but the first and foremost must be the priority of God. To seek Him first, to seek His ways, to seek His Word, to seek His righteousness. Dare I say to fear the Lord. People get so caught up in fearing the Lord. Because we understand there's no fear in love. It's not the same fear. You ever been asleep at night and the thunder rolls in and it makes your adrenaline go through the roof? You ever seen a five-year-old girl in her bedroom as the thunder rolls in and it shakes the house and they run because they are scared? Friends, fear the Lord. He is not to be mocked. He is not to be taken lightly. Hey, we are so lucky He is gracious. We are so lucky He's kind and compassionate. But friends, do not mock the Lord of hosts. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And as His thunder roars, remember, as the storms roll in, remember His might. Remember His power. And when you remember, then the whole phrase, if God be for me, who can dare stand against me will ring in such a way that you will feel like you can take on all of hell and all its demons and everything the world is. Because if that God is for me, then what? Who can stand against the Lord of hosts? the king of the angel armies. I shall not fear if God is with you. You shall not worry if God is with you. Seek first His kingdom, His righteousness in all these areas will be looked after. Matthew 6, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are they not more valuable? Are we not more valuable than they? Your worry is misplaced. The Lord is for you, friends. I said it last night, we're not looking for cultural reformation. We need Christ transformation in the hearts of people. The result of that can be cultural reformation. 
I want a move of God. I want revival. But more than I want revival, I want God to be seated on the throne of priority in my life. Because the truth is, we need Him for anything to happen anyway. And if revival like we seek or desire never sweeps in our lifetime, are we disappointed or are we still on our hands and knees worshiping the Almighty? If the United States was a God-fearing nation, a God-worshiping, a God-prioritizing nation, we wouldn't be in the mess that we're in. It doesn't mean there wouldn't be problems because there's sin in the world. But overarching the problem would not be like what it is. It's because the fear of God has been cast aside, not just in the world, but in the church as well. Psalm 29 verse 1, it says, Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord, glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of His holiness. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. And the glory, sorry, and the, and the God of glory thunders. The Lord over many waters. I pray if I could accomplish one thing this morning would be to remind you to remind you when you pray when you breathe when you eat when you sleep when you hunt when you cook when you vote when you participate have God at the center at the center Seek first His kingdom, His power, His authority, His supreme rule and reign, His name above every other name, His name, His ways and His purpose. Let it be the priority. And you'll see how good the Lord is. So everyone just close your eyes for a moment. The worship team can join me real quick, if possible. Holy Spirit, would you just rest in this room? Holy Spirit, would you just manifest your glory? Holy Spirit, we ask, it's the third part of the triune God, would you in a deep, tangible way reveal to us the Father heart of God God of intimacy God of compassion the God of security the God of authority and Holy Spirit would you remind us in a real intangible way what it means and how it looks to fear the Lord to be in such a position in reverence of the Almighty. The Almighty. Remind me, Lord, as I minister this morning, to be remembered. Every time my heart would question, remind me 
remind me. Was I there when he aligned the planets? Was I there when he formed and fashioned the world? When he took nothing and created everything, was I there? God, remind us. Remind us this morning, Lord. Remind us, God.